Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now traditional businesses they don't let their artists participate they're helping us build a brand build a company and we make sure we do business with them accordingly you know as you're scaling raising money you know there's all these different pots and you know we're generating money on that level but they're they're the ones that are supporting it they're the ones getting behind it they're pushing it they they put phase in front of their name and that really means something from a business perspective making sure that they participate in the company that's that's the major thing my graduates from my school being forbes Backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs> a mic drop. Backdrop. Backdrop. So first and foremost, thank you guys for coming. We appreciate y'all. This is gonna kick off of a crazy three-day uh, event. We're gonna talk about tomorrow a little later, but today. We're going to focus on what we're about to do. And I just want to kind of just give you guys the run of show exactly what's going to happen. So we're going to have a dope fireside chat with Kai Henry. Um, then Ally is going to have a panel about building wealth. And then it is going to be, you know, networking, vibe. We're going to have art. Um, and it's just going to be a whole night full of just good energy and good vibe. Shout out to my brother, 19 Keys in the building. Um, of course... The legendary Manny Fresh will be closing the set, but um, shout out to DJ Oso for for holding us down in, yeah, the, in was, the opening set. She was rocking. She got to be from New York. Yeah, yeah. She was sure. rocking. For sure. So without further ado, let's get into this. So if you watch Market Mondays, if you watch Market Mondays, make some noise. Yeah, if you've made some money watching Market Mondays, make some noise. <laughs> no, no, my man stood up. All drinks is on him today. Put, ye put, put, put yes in chat. Put yes in chat. Make some um, so we talked about FaZe Clan before, right? Um, if you watch Mark Mondays, you know we talked about FaZe Clan. And I got a lot of inspiration from FaZe Clan. They just got a billion-dollar valuation on the spec. And um, I got introduced to FaZe Clan through my son, who was a gamer. And when I really started to look into that business model, it just kind of blew my mind that, 
these kids was that was you know playing video games and, and video game enthusiasts can a couple years later have a billion dollar valuation and about to go public on the stock market. So, when, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. You should have blown that. Sure. <laughs> so when we had the opportunity to um to talk to Kai, it was a no brainer. So Kai is the chief strategy officer of Phase Clan. So we're gonna have a dope conversation about content, about business, about marketing, about all that kind of stuff. Um. So. Without further ado, Kai Henry. All right, so we're going to, like I said, we're going to have some fun later on. We're going to network. There's a bar and all of that. But for now, this is about education. So we need your undivided attention in true EYL fashion. We're going to drop some gems, give some information, and uh, hopefully, you know, some information that you can actually take and uh, use in your day-to-day life. So, Kai, first and foremost, thank you for joining us, brother. I appreciate it. Check, check. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, all right, for anybody that doesn't know, he actually comes from a, a music background. So he used to be the manager for Snoop Dogg. Yeah, a long time ago, long Qu- time ago. Quincy Jones. Yes, a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ice Cube. Yeah, yeah, long yeah, time yeah. ago. <laughs> like Hall of Fame, everybody's yeah, Hall of Fame. Some legacy talent. <laughs> so how did you make the transition from the music business to the gaming culture? Um. Well... Actually, it wasn't uh, immediate. I think um, I kind of started that path, uh, I'd say, 10 years ago. So I got out of the music business in uh, around 2010. And uh, I was making a slow transition out. But I think initially I I, I understood that uh, YouTube was going to be a really big platform uh, for music in particular. And so around 2008 through 2010, I started a company with DJ Ski called uh, Ski TV. Uh, which was like a like a lifestyle, you know, YouTube um, platform where we would do uh, music videos, behind the scenes content, branded content, um, and so I just started thinking about, you know, what what the digital, you know, platforms are going to bring to music. So uh, my first step out of the out of the music game as a manager and uh, and and kind of creative sounding board for uh, for these artists was uh, jumping into YouTube. So I did that. Um, I sold that company in 2011 to uh, like a there's a company called Karma Loop, which is like an online streetwear mall. Oh yeah, I remember uh, Karma back Loop. in the day. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. Uh, Greg Selko. Um, they were raising money to uh, to start a TV network, and you know I think they really understood that they needed some online viewership to support what they were doing. So you know they 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 wanted to buy a YouTube channel at that point. I was ready. I was willing. Um, me and Ski made that choice, and uh, and then I just transitioned into becoming an entrepreneur and just you know really inserting myself in different industries that I think that I thought was going to kind of converge down down the road in the future, you know. So I got into uh, consumer electronics. Um, I helped uh, Monster Cable do, you know, do their deal with uh, with Interscope uh, for Beats by Dre. Um, and so, you know, me and Ski did that together. And then, uh, you know, after that, got into ha- creating our own headphone company called Soul Republic, um, you know, and just really just trying to, Trying to understand consumer electronics, lifestyle products on that level, um, you know, figure out how to get your product, you know, placed in Target and Best Buy and Apple back then and just understand channel marketing and just honestly just educating myself through uh, through being an entrepreneur. Um, so, yeah, got into consumer electronics, got into fashion. I started a brand called On Noir with Rob Garcia back in 2013. Um uh, and then I started a marketing company um, called uh, Milk and Honey back in the day. And so, yeah, and that just eventually led me to gaming, right, which was, you know, I'd say two years ago I, I uh, 
started having conversations with Lee Trink, who's the CEO of FaZe Clan. I had met him uh, back in my music days about, you know, back in 2008 um, at a management company he was a partner at. So we just started talking, and, I, and I, I, real, I realized that gaming was the true convergence of all the things I had educated myself in as an entrepreneur over the past 10 years. And so I just made the jump, right? Like, I, di I didn't really fully understand at that point, you know, the ins and outs of the professional side of gaming and, and, and stuff like that. I, I need to educate myself more on that. But culturally, outside of game, you know, the professional side of gaming, the lifestyle side of it, mm -hmm. um, I think I was prepared to kind of have like a 50,000, you know, foot view of, you know, a brand like FaZe Clan with multiple business pots around it in consumer electronics, in fashion and merch, in content. Um, and so I thought that I could bring something to the table with, uh, you know, what I had done over the, over the last 10 years as an entrepreneur. Uh, when we met uh, a little while ago, we, said, we had this moment. I said, look, man, I wish FaZe Clan was around 20 years ago because yeah. we would have definitely been in it, right? Like, we were gamers. What's the difference between somebody who's considered a professional gamer versus the average person who's just playing in the house? Like, what, what's the transition to make you a professional gamer? I mean, um, a professional gamer is next level talent that it, you know i think i think that we're we've yet to kind of quantify what that really means but like from from my seat and just being in this organization like a real true professional gamer is you know the same kind of talent with your hands fingers hand eye coordination as 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 someone that plays in the nba you know might not be with your legs and your feet but the 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 difference between a, you know, uh, uh, a casual to amateur, you know, amateur gamer and a professional gamer is 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 a lot. It's a lot. So when I first got introduced to Phase Clan, the reason why it was so interesting to me was because when my son told me about it, and he was he was so fanatical about these these guys that was in Phase Clan. He's ten. Yeah. Um, so I started to look at it, and when I looked at it. The word clan was interesting to me because it reminded me of like Wu-Tang Clan kind of. Yes. And I'm like, okay, I get it. And I kind of used that as a lot of inspiration for Earn Your Leisure. I see some similarities and I'm like, okay, this is something that we kind of have to look at. Because when you look at FaZe Clan, you're not just looking at it as like gamers. They're just cultural phenomena. Sure. That transcend gaming and they have a lot of different... Like Phase Clan Jar, it's like Phase Jarvis, Phase this one, and it's like it's like, the it's like the Aesop mob, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So talk about that as far as like you being in in the business model of it for those guys to actually go out and conquer so many different areas, and obviously that's helped them reach the levels that they've reached now. Yeah, I mean. Um you know, they all have their own attributes, their own style, their own businesses um, separately as members of FaZe Clan, right? So, um, you know, some of them, you know, we have FaZe Rug. FaZe Rug is a, one of the biggest YouTubers in the world. He's got 20, 20, million, 20 million subscribers on YouTube. Um, he's probably a top 200 talent, you know, and he's a machine. He does YouTube. He doesn't game as much anymore, but he is a, a true YouTube giant, right? Um, and then we have, you know, Nick Merckx, who's a, a gamer who streams every night on Twitch. And, and you know, he streams in front of 100,000 concurrent live viewers and, you know, he's interacting with his chat. And so you think each one of them brings their own um, magic, you know, and their own almost like an Avengers, like a Justice League of, mm. 
you know, like Wu-Tang Clan, right? Like everybody's got like their own sauce, what they, you know, what they bring to the table as far as lyricism and, and producing and stuff like that. It's the same thing with, uh, with the phase members. So what's the selection process? Because I know somebody's in here like, yo, my son is nice. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, I'm nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, so what's the selection process like to sure. be a part of the clan? Yeah. And when they come in on the other side, are you looking like, all right, we can build a brand around them? Or are we looking for talent that's so elite they, they've already had an established brand? I mean, that's a really good question. Um, uh, the selection process is still being refined. Um, the brand itself, you know, was a... Uh, it's a brand that was started by game, that you know internet kids. You know what I mean? These four four guys met on Xbox. They were friends for a year and a half playing video games. They had never met each other in person, and then they decided to like jump in a house, you know, and and start you know gaming together and getting to know each other. Um, but that was like a decade ago, right? And so um, you know, and they once they got in the house, they started turning the camera on themselves, creating content, and really it was really like the first version of like a content house mixed with gaming mm-hmm. um, to ever exist. And so now as the brand's gotten bigger and the business has gotten bigger, the selection process is still kind of archaic. It's kind of still like, you know, the original founders, uh, you know, getting in a room and everybody yelling at each other. <laughs> uh, but, but I mean, play me. I'm yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. Everybody's got their own definition of like what the, a phase member should be. But, you know, we're, we're, we're getting to a place now where, you know, like we've got a big uh, initiative called phase one which is almost like our, our global casting call for the next phase member um, that we're going to be launching in January. And so, you know, we're finding talent that way. And then, you know, again, like I said, the founders get in a room looking at a list of talent that, you know, we've been checking out on Twitch and, and on YouTube and, and everybody putting in on what they think, you know, that person brings to the table to this group and what, uh, you know, other abilities they bring as well you know what i mean so it's not just the same you know same people in the roster what's that feeling like right because i remember there was a time when you would play against your friend in in the house and then online gaming came and then out of nowhere it was people actually recording themselves playing the game and we're watching that right how does that feel because like the industry has changed right twitch didn't exist before you guys were doing that so right what does that feel like when you know that you're shifting the industry and shifting the world really yeah, I mean, it's, you know, that's what I'm in it for. Like, I think everyone at FaZe is about innovation and just, like, learning, you know, this new this new world um, when it comes to, you know, technology and platforms and stuff like that. So, I mean, it feels great. Like, every day we're, 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 we're being innovative as far as, like, how we use these platforms. You know, when you talk about Twitch in particular, I mean... It's really like the evolution of like radio. In my mind, it's like radio. You know what I mean? It's like back in the day, you used to call into the radio station. You want to give a shout out to your girl or your dude or whatever. You know what I mean? And you like, you know, the, the line's busy. The line's busy. You finally get through. Um, and and that's kind of like what the you know what Twitch is like now to 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 you know this generation. It's like you could jump in the chat and talk to your favorite. You know, talk to the actual person you're following and then you know you do a donation your name fly across the screen and they shout you out and stuff like that and so it's a it's another form of um connection with who you're following um and really getting that bridge you know that's the that's the that's the difference between a, a traditional celebrity and a new and the new generation of celebrities now is you actually have that kind of built-in connection through these platforms where you feel like you can reach out and touch who you who you are following right and who you're um and who you're um you know appreciative of or who you want to, you know, who you want to, you know, spend most of your time following every day. So when I, when I started, um, on Instagram, uh, you know, my friend Valencia, she's the motivation that really, she really is a motivation for earn your leisure in a, in a sense, 
because she was the first person that I knew personally that became famous on social media. And she was a school teacher in Baltimore. So that was inspiring to me because before that, the only famous people that I knew was entertainers or athletes. Um, so when I saw a school teacher from Baltimore get famous on social media, I understood that we're in a day and age now that anybody can become a celebrity, a chef, a trainer, even two guys that talk about financial literacy. Fat, big fat. Yeah, yeah. yeah facts, facts. <laughs> you you would have never thought about that. Yeah. So now you got video gamers that have become celebrities and celebrities actually want to be a part. So now like Little Yachty, yep. Kyle Murray, sure. uh, Bronny. So talk about that as far as the cultural influence and how it has changed where the athletes and the entertainers are following what just the other sure. people are doing now. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, I, I don't know. I, gaming's been around forever, you know what I mean, as a pastime, you know, for for, for different people. And I think culturally, you know, um, now when you have, you know, new musicians, new athletes that are, you know, coming into stardom, they still have that background of gaming, you know, of how they grew up and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And so with a brand like FaZe that's been around for 10 years, it's almost like a new age legacy brand, right? And so a lot of these um, athletes and, and musicians grew up on FaZe and they grew up watching our content um, and following some of our creators. So, you know, they still, yeah, they become, you know, Kyler Murray becomes, you know, top number one pick and, you know, hopefully MVP this year. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, and, Bron and Bronny is who Bronny is, but... You know, I think they still, you know, they 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 love FaZe. They they love what it represents. They, they you know, it means something to them. And 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 again, that game and culture is running deeper um, than it has before. You know. Yeah. So when when the brand, because you're talking about the musicians. Yeah. I know one of your first now is Kason, right? Yeah, Faze, yeah, FaZe Kason. So like, how how was that, right? Because now he's a gamer slash musician. Yeah. But he's working with some elite elite sure. elite talent, right? Yeah. Like y'all partnered with Little Dirk. Uh, so how did that come about? How did that work? Yeah, I mean, um, I think now, like, you know, every time I meet someone who's going to be a new phase member, or, you know, someone that's going to be announced as our as one of our next members, I kind of like did, you know, me and the head of talent, Darren Yan, who runs all of our talent. Um, we sit down with them. And we just see what other aspirations they have as far as their business goes and what they want to do outside of gaming. And so Kason, you know, he 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 expressed that he loved producing on the side. He wanted, you know, he DJed a little bit, and uh, and you know my you know my 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 old ass like music being kicked in, and I <laughs> oh, was yeah, like, I think I could do this again. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and so we started talking, and um, and then we just started, you know, making music, like honestly, right? And and I think you know when it comes to rolling out an announcement for one of our members, like one one thing I, uh, we considered was like. We wanted to take his brand and it and it be gaming and music simultaneously. Not you're a gamer trying to do music or you coming out as a DJ music trying to do you know trying to game. So we really solidified him, got him streaming with a lot of our you know a lot of our members, just solidifying him on the gaming side. In the meanwhile, this is before announcement, but in the meanwhile, making music and getting ready for his launch and announcement. And you know, Lil Dirk wanted to do some gaming stuff with Faze. He 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 had aspirations to launch a OTF gaming. So we did some content with him, and we were just like, hey, you know, while we at it, why don't we make a record? Um, you know, and then we threw Future on there and just 
just experimenting with our platforms, right? Like, not really, there's no real pressure as far as, like, having to have a hit record. It's just, like, what's something we want to do? You know, we have our own platforms, our own marketing power. Um, and so, yeah, it was just, you know, that was kind of... Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, right? It. If he made, when he makes the record, and let's say he's on Twitch and a million people are watching and yeah. the song's playing. Yeah, yeah. That's a million listeners. No, exactly. Well, yeah. Well, the music industry's figuring out what that means, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, let me ask you this. Yeah. The revenue model for, um, for FaZe. Sure. Because, obviously, to have a billion-dollar valuation is interesting, um, but there's revenue that's coming sure. in, right? So can you talk about a few streams of revenue that um, FaZe Clan actually... Yeah, I mean, um, I think number one, first and foremost, is, you know, we participate with our creators. They have their own businesses, um, you know, and a lot of it is, ad, you know, AdSense-driven through YouTube and through Twitch. Um, and we we also have the ability to bring them brand deals, right? So it's almost like, you know, all of our creators have their own um, siloed businesses on their own. But we participate in them, so it's almost like a label, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, or, you know, I wanted to talk about that because yeah. that's interesting. The key with that is unity. Sure. The key with that is unity. I was just having a conversation with somebody. We not a lot of times we we lack unity, and it wouldn't have had a billion dollar valuation if each member was a solo artist doing their own thing. Facts, yeah. So it's like you got how many members is in face? Uh, we're eighty. So you have 80 members, yeah. and like you said, now it's a collective. Everybody's doing their own thing, but it all kind of falls under the umbrella. It's FaZe. Yeah. FaZe, you know, gives them support, but also they're part of the revenue share because they give them exposure. And now, instead of one person getting a $10 million deal, one company has a $1 billion valuation. Yes. So there's power in collective economics. Absolutely. And also power in, you know, skin in the game you know what i mean like like uh i think for a long time a lot of just you know traditional businesses you know um they don't let their artists participate you know what i mean and so they're helping us build a brand build a company and 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 we make sure we do business with them accordingly you know what i mean that's part of my job is to make sure we balance that ship and uh you know as you're scaling raising money you know, making money. Other ways we make money is merch, right? Like I see you guys killing it on the merch side. Yeah, we're gonna get to merch. We're, we're gonna get to the yeah. merch in a sec. But but you know, there's all these different pots, and you know, we're generating money on that level. But they're they're the ones that are supporting it. They're the ones getting behind it. They're pushing it. They they put phase in front of their name, and that really means something. And I think that uh, you know, on our on you know, from a business perspective, making sure that they participate in the company that's that's the major thing. Yeah, well, before from, you go, yeah, I just want to yeah, say something yeah. because. So now you understand why I've studied FaZe Clan. Because if you watch Earn Your Leisure, you see the merch. You see, we have Earn Your Leisure, which is one of the top podcasts in the world. We started Market Mondays. We started EYL Network, EYL University. So now you see the pathway to that billion-dollar <laughs> yeah, valuation. Yeah, let's get it. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> we, right. Just got, right, clap it up for that. The valuable lesson is you don't have to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> From from a content creation standpoint, because I'm sure there's people in here right now that are creating content for their brands to try to build their brands. You got 80 people that are under the Face Clan umbrella. What's that process like? Is there a schedule? Is there a quota that people have to meet? Deadlines that they have to meet as far as content? How how does that work? No, I mean the great thing about it is, um, I mean we have our deliverables for our partners and stuff like that, right? For like if we do a deal with, you know, McDonald's or we, you know, we have a deal with Nissan and. 
beats and stuff like that, we have to we have to deliver. You know, we have to meet our deliverables as an organization. But really, for each creator, I mean, that's how they eat. You know what I mean? So it's really like it's based off their business. They're gonna they're like that youth culture. They want to work. They want to make money. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm an '80s baby. A lot of you know, a lot of yeah, a lot of a lot of shout out to the '80s baby. Yeah, I mean, don't I'm do just that. Saying, I, look, don't do I'm, that. Yeah, don't I'm do just that. saying. <laughs> um, but like. You know, I'm not knocking. I think, you know, that generation, my generation, um, there's a lot that we that we bring to the table as far as being a bridge between two, you know, like more of like a boomer um, culture and, and, and Gen X, but like, uh, or Gen Z, sorry. Um, but, uh, you know, overall, a lot of 80s babies didn't want to make money like that. You know what I mean? Like when you get in your creative bag and you, and you start thinking about like, you don't really want to, you know, it's like that whole artist that artist thing, right? And this generation, they want to make money, um, and but they, they 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 there's a very specific way to mo- to to monetize what they do, and they make sure that culture and their and their and their community and their audience is at the at the at the forefront of what they care about, right? Over 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 money, but but in general, they do what they need to do. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, if you don't move your feet, you won't. Yeah, if you're, yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, 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 yeah. So from you mentioned, I want to talk about brand partnerships. Yeah, Let's, and and trying to get an understanding of the selection process and try to figure out which member will belong will fit with which brand. So you said McDonald's. I know you had Nissan, NFL. You did a deal with Beast by Dre. I'm sure you had a part to do with that, being that you were there. You had a DC comic, which was incredible. Yes, yeah. uh, and then you did a deal with Manchester City, which is a soccer club. Yeah. So what is the the process in trying to find the brands, or to, obviously at this point, maybe brands are coming to you and figure out which Phase Clan member will fit with which brand. Yeah, I mean, um, there's a lot. I don't know. There's just a lot of opportunity and ideas, you know. So I think the selection process really comes down to, like, you know, we've got a great head of marketing, Xavier Ramos, who, like, comes from the music business and just has – understands our brand. He's kind of like our protector of our brand, and he and he sources a lot of those opportunities. A lot of it comes in from, you know, from talent and stuff like that, from the talent that want to be in that campaign or something like that. You know, they'll have an idea. But – um I think, you know, as far as, like, who we're partnering with, our sales team is bringing in just giant, you know, opportunities. And then we sit down in the room. It's like a red light, green light meeting where we all sit down and figure out if it makes sense for our business. There's two things, the brand and the business. And those two things generally don't go together very well when you're making decisions like that, right? So you have to – there's a cadence. There's a cadence to doing enough shit for your brand – excuse me, sorry – enough stuff for your brand, and then there's an, and then you have to do what, what's, what's right for your bank account and for, and for the business, right? And so um, that's really how we assess it. So talk about managing personnel. I mean, it's yeah. hard to manage 10 people, yeah. 5 people, yeah. 80 people, 80 young people, and that's something that as your business scales is, becomes more and more difficult. You got stars, and they, they got egos – how is it to manage that and how is it to keep them focused that no matter how big you get, you still got to be under the brand? Um, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's hard. Is it that, you know, we have a whole talent team. That's what they do. They make sure they're managing the talent, managing expectations, you know, helping them drive their careers. Like it's a, it's a full-time job uh, working with talented young creators that, they have their own understanding and algorithms that they live by for their business and what they do, and 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 we have to match that. So it's a lot of communication and, and translation. You know what I mean? Um, that is that's I think the key to success on the talent side is just managing expectations, communication, and having a relate trust. You gotta have trust, right? So no talent's gonna follow you um, if you if they don't trust you. 
Um, and so that's that's what we do. Yeah, one of the big things we had Art Basel, and there's a new form of art, right? NFTs have taken over the landscape over the past year. Yeah. The metaverse is on, is here, right? And when we, we spoke about the metaverse. If we're in the gaming, we've seen the metaverse. I feel like we've been in the metaverse. Yeah, we've right? been in there. We've yeah. been in there with like yeah, Grand Theft yeah. and yeah. Fortnite. We've been in this metaverse. Yeah. Sims. So, what role does Phase Clan play in the forward thinking or the future thinking of the metaverse, in your opinion? Um. Yeah. So I think. Uh, I, I mean, look. The metaverses up until this point have been video games. Metaverse, right? So, like, um, Epic, you know, uh, with Fortnite, um, you know, Activision with Call of Duty. Uh, so, I think that, you know, we have the innate knowledge as far as what FaZe Clan or any other gaming organization, you know what I mean? Like, I think that there's the innate knowledge there where, you know, you can maneuver in that world and quickly understand it as a platform and new social media and what it brings to the table um, with spatial audio and being able to meet people in the Metaverse. Um, I ultimately think that um, game theory, um, how to gamify NFTs, how to gamify experiences uh, is what's going to win. And so uh, or be one of the main components in the metaverse. And so, you know, when you get it, when you sit a, a table, you know, sit a bunch of gamers down at a table and you start talking game theory and why, th you know, how things should be gamified. It's pretty fun and you get some answers really fast. So um, I think that, you know, for us, that's that's what we're most interested in is like, you know, you're starting to see like, OK, the art world really blew up on the, you know, on the NFT side and, and, and it's beautiful. I think, you know, on the collectible side in the NFT world, like people are really understanding that and just the experience you get to get through, you know, the way these NFTs unlock, you know, a certain like an affinity program or like a fan club, you know, where you yeah, get, yeah. you know, you get access to certain things by holding um, holding these NFTs and the next level is gamification and, and monetization of, of NFTs, right? You're starting to see, and I'm not saying that these things are, um, you know, I'm not saying these things are the way, but like you see something like Wolf Game, which is a huge NFT project where you're literally gamifying these NFTs now and being able to create tokens and monetize that and use it in the game or swap out for ETH. A lot of stuff like that that's coming down the pipeline. I think that's what, you know, that's where we'll live. That really ties in with crypto too. Yeah. That's when we... When we got introduced to what was the crypto for games? Tron. Tron. Yeah. Um, and now when I got introduced to Tron in twenty seventeen. I was obsessed with it. <laughs> yeah, that was Troy's favorite crypto for a while. But the reason why I understood Tron, Justin Sun is the guy, right? Justin Sun, yep. Um, is because I understood how big gaming was. Yeah. So that was their whole thing is to become the token or the coin for the gaming community and right, you can right. use it for games. So I'm like, this is a no brainer. It hasn't really worked out the way we thought it would. It hasn't. <laughs> it's, still, it's, not, it's not over yet. To say though. the least. To say the least. But, but, that was a theory. But what you're just talking about as far as the gamification of NFTs and plays right in line with something like that because you're going to need currency to actually play it. And then if there's a native crypto that's designed for, that. for the yeah. gamification of NFTs, then that's like a home run. Yeah. I think with yeah. great, a great idea, not to cut you up, but with great ideas, sometimes they happen too soon, right? So it would be like trying to introduce Tesla in 2007 the world wasn't ready for it, right? But if you look at Tesla in 2021, yeah, sure, it's past every car company in the world. And so the game, the way, why I thought it was going to be a great idea was because I understood the League of Champions, and I'm like, our, we don't play it, right? As adults, most of us don't, but there's a huge population that play it, and they play it on their phone. Right. And when they're in the game, you're stuck in it, and you need the you need the tokens. Yeah. 
And so is that what, what, what you're looking at? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, play to earn, you know, play to earn. That's a, that's the future. You know what I'm saying? I even think for like, you know, uh, I think countries are going to, you're seeing it, countries embracing play to earn and, 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 and communities being able to create value yeah. in an ecosystem through DAOs, through, you know, play to earn systems, stuff like that. Like that's, re- it's actually really important outside of gaming. It's just really important to, you know, low income communities and, 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 and countries that are, you know, where, where their currencies are, 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 are hurting and, and they got to figure out, you know, another option. So, um, I, yeah, I think, you know, play to earn. I think we're going to, you know, uncover new phase members of like when it comes to the talent that's going to come into play now, a whole new talent pool of like play to earn, you know, like beasts, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. think it's going to be interesting. I think like finding that new world of talent in the metaverse is, is going to be fun. The EYL coin. Oh, it's coming soon. Down. It was just talking, we were just talking about down the other day. Yep. It's crazy. All yeah. of these conversations all come. They together. all convert. Yeah, they all converge. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let me ask you this: As far as for content creators, you talked about Twitch. Everything changes so much. I just even found out about Twitch like this year, and I realized I didn't realize how big it was. Yeah. And then of course TikTok. So, would you guys have so many followers on all different platforms? What are your thoughts if somebody was creating content today? What platform should they focus on? Um, uh, Twitch for sure. Twitch for sure. I think Twitch has been a gaming platform up until this point, but you know, just seeing the ways that you can make a business there and 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 get yourself out there and grow an audience, I think Twitch is very important. Um, I think you know, from a community level, like like just making sure you're communicating with communicating with your fans through Discord. Um, I think, you know, Discord, if you're not really, you know, building there, you might, you know, you just might want to look at, at building an audience there. Um, let's see. TikTok? TikTok, yeah, absolutely. TikTok, I mean, but, uh, you know, and then and then it's leading into places like, you know, again, this space is moving so fast, but, like, I'd look up and start looking at these different metaverses, Sandbox, you know, Decentraland, um, um, you know, Meta, when they roll out on, on a certain level, like, like, Right now is the time to learn all these platforms and get ahead and really and really you know educate yourself and and create new brands like doing what's been done that's cool as a as a good foundation but like we're we're living in a time that like I mean this hasn't happened in thirty five years you know what I mean what we're seeing we're seeing a like when those stars align as far as like a financial revolution you know uh, uh you know web three a new a new evolution on the web um all these things are shifting at the same time like like. I would, you know, start looking at these new platforms and figuring out ways to to build things because, you know, it, it's to be it's to be you know um, identified what what's what yet. You know what I mean? You can come up with anything. I was like coming off the top of the head the other day about something I wanted to do in Meta, and people were sitting around like, uh huh, oh yeah, yeah. And I was <laughs> like, shit, I'm sitting it. there like, okay, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, just being creative with what you're seeing, and um, but yeah, you know, Twitch, TikTok, Discord, I think those are I think those are the major ones. You, right you now. just got Twitter, my- Twitter for sure, obviously. I, I just started thinking now, and maybe this is a plan, because I'm thinking about the future growth of the brand. Obviously, the EYL house was comes from the FaZe house. Shout out to y'all. Okay. <laughs> um, but I'm thinking Decentraland, Sandbox, are we buying digital real estate with the with the plan? And if so, are these type of lessons being taught? Because I know you have Phase Academy. Maybe that's something different. Right. Can you explain what that is? And, uh, and if you're interested in the digital real estate. Yeah. Um, so Phase Academy is just a program that we put, um, you know, potential uh, Phase members through. Uh, it's ran by Darren Yan, our head of talent. And it's really just like um, 
you know, preparing them for what it means to be a phase member and have those kind of eyeballs on you and do media training and, you know, um, you know, it's really testing out who you are as a person a little bit more digger, uh, uh, deeper dive for us as far as who you are as a human. Um, you know, to make sure that, you know, it's a right match. Mm -hmm. So we put them through Phase Academy, and, you know, we have a lot of our heads of departments come and sit with whoever we have in the academy at that point, from PR to marketing to explain our business, let them know what they're in for, right? Um, and then, again, also check them out for a longer period of time, make sure that it's a that it's a match. Yeah, um... And then on the do you, oh my bad, you ahead, bad. Go, my bad yeah the digital real estate thing um, yes the answer is yes <laughs> how'd I know <laughs> yeah yeah I think that um the gaming world let me ask you this do you feel concerned at all because I feel like a lot of people have become addicted to video games it is very addicting um so I have a two part question to this a is there any level of concern for how fast video game culture has grown. And we talk about the metaverse where people could potentially like live in the metaverse more than they actually live in the physical world. That's almost kind of happening now if you have a kid that plays video games. They're playing video games all day, every day. Yeah. So what's your thoughts on that? Um, I think it's a double-edged sword for sure. You know, I think that, you know, growing up, you know, my parents make sure I'm outside and, you know, doing, you know playing for a certain amount of time and they, they wouldn't really let me, you know, play video games as much but to the flip side of that there wasn't like a an option to really make money like that you know what i mean or like have a business like like gaming like there, that wasn't an option so um i will say that outside of gaming if you think about the next jobs that are going to be coming up in the in the future it's going to be mainly digital based jobs you know what i mean and so um if you're seeing your child or godchild or young brother or sister if you're seeing them have talents, innate talent in that world, it's almost like seeing seeing someone kick a soccer ball and them having like true talent. You know what I mean? Early on, and you're like, and and the first thing you do as a parent, you're like, oh shit, I need to go get them some a soccer ball, a bag, some cleats, and we're gonna sign them up, right, or her up. So I think that you know, if you start thinking about what these new jobs are gonna be and what and what's gonna happen in the future as far as business goes. Um, you should lean into some of those talents and foster some of that stuff, you know, when you see talent there. Uh, you know, my, my opinion. But you obviously you don't want someone just like full-blown, you know, losing somebody to the metaverse right now. I don't think that's 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 a, that's the move. But but again, I think that people tense up and get scared of when they see the amount of time and, and, and when they see their kid or, or, or a young person living like that. Um, again... There's going to be where the jobs are at, right? If you think about it, like in the future. So um, I think that a lot of that, you know, talent seeking on that end is is really important. But also balancing it out, make sure you know that someone's not just full blown gone over there. I want I want to ask your opinion on. I feel like video games was everything we're talking about now with metaverse and all that. A lot of people can't understand it, but I understand it because I understand Fortnite and I right. understand in app purchases sure. and I understand the pressure Ooh. to make your character. Hold on, good. hold on. How many parents we got in here right now? Y'all know about internet purchases for sure, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, somebody's credit every card. $9.99 charge every two days. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're talking about. So, nah, it really revolutionized the whole business model because before, when I played video games, you just buy John Madden for $50 or whatever, and, right. and that's it. With Fortnite, is free. Now these video games are free. But these in-app purchases, is like $50 a week. Like, there's <laughs> unlimited amount of money that you could spend. Yeah. So, talk about that as far as the 
how that really transformed, in my opinion, the video game culture into billions and billions of dollars. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, look, when social media came into play, I think that was the catalyst to all of this, right? And 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 people's digital selves are as important than their physical self as far as representation to other people, right? And so when you're playing a video game and and it's, you know, you get to flex some jersey or something that you're wearing in 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 Madden or you get to wear, you know, get to wear some cool sneakers in 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 Fortnite and 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 you're streaming with your friends that's a flex right um and and so i just think that you know social media really really plays into that and really really gave us an understanding of what our digital self is and what we want other people to see i, I want to know the key to keeping your brand at as the pyramid name in this space right if we think esports yeah automatically the first thing we think is face clan and i know there's other sports competition teams but it's like they're not irrelevant. What has been the, sh- the key to making sure that you're at the forefront of this, that's your name, that's your brand, that that F, right? did I, hold on, what we, is it here? Did I do it right? I got it right? I got it right. Yeah, yeah. All right, so how, how do we make sure that, that that F is entrenched in everybody's mind when, once they think e-gaming? Um, yeah, so I think there's, there's a difference, right? There's eSports, which is the professional side of gaming, which is more of a franchise, you know, a lot of, a lot of players moving around from, you know, team to team. And they don't really have the time to establish themselves as um, they don't really have the time to give themselves an online presence like the amateur gaming. Right. So I always I always tell people this, like imagine like the physics are different in this world. Right. Of gaming. Imagine if the G League Lakers team was more popular than the Lakers. That's where that's kind of like where gaming is, right? So like the amateur gamers that have the time to put into streaming twelve hours a day in front of their fans and stuff like that, they're amateur gamers. They're not professional gamers. Professional gamers are practicing for the next tournament and making sure that they can perform at the highest level and win a tournament purse, right, or prize. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think that I don't know as far as making sure that we're in front of everybody. We just look to push the space of gaming in general. Uh, gaming has not been, been defined. I think esports has been defined um, to a certain extent, but gaming hasn't been defined culturally. And so when we're making moves, um, or if I'm thinking it's a strategic move we should make, I'm thinking about pushing gaming. I'm not thinking about pushing phase plan. And when you're in an emerging industry and you're a bleeding edge um, company, that's, I think, the way you should think. You need to transcend your own business, transcend, as far as thought process goes, transcend your own brand um, and franchise and think about how can I push this space, right? So, And there's certain moves that when we make those moves, a lot of our quote-unquote competitors, they make, they make more money. You know what I mean? Because we're unlocking and kicking down certain doors, and and those are the moves I love to make. Um, and I think that's how you I think that's how you achieve that. Yeah, you, you talked about the cash prizes for some of these tournaments. I remember seeing the first time that there was a million dollar prize, and I was like, "Wow, <laughs> I should have yeah. kept gaming for the rest of my life." Yeah. But now we've just seen like you've taken over the U.S. Open, sure, and the prize money is going up. Do you think there's a there's an endless limit? Because at a certain point, I know you were inside Arthur Ashe Stadium in. Three point two million was the prize. Yeah, and the person who wins the actual U.S. Open gets paid the same amount. Yeah. So where do you think this prize money is going? Is it limitless? I, 
Um, I don't think it's limitless, but it's it's. I think it's, it's there's a lot room. A lot of room. There's a lot of room. I mean, um, again, gaming is entertainment. You know what I mean? It's entertainment. So you know whether or not from whatever age group you're from, if you really understand it for yourself, which you you know you just have to find ways to correlate it to something that you're attracted to on that level, right? Because mm-hmm. um, this generation sees gaming, you know, just like we, you know, that event is the Super Bowl. Right. You know what I mean? Right, and so, right, right. Or, or the World Cup. Um, and I think that, you know, when it comes to youth culture, that's what they're into. That's what they that's what they love watching. That's what they identify with. And and so I think the scalability there from a professional esports side is it's not limitless. I don't think anything is, but but it's uh, uh, the potential is great. Scaling looks like. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, I appreciate. It. I know you got to go, brother. But any last thing you want to tell, um, or future plans for Face Clan? Um, no, I think we kind of covered it on the on the you know on the NFT side and 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 how we're looking at the metaverse. You know, I think other than that, you know, uh, maybe just some bits on a business level. You know, I think you know what I like on a, you know as far as my personal mantra, Face uh, Clan is like the ultimate place for to me to exercise what I believe in as far as. Um, bridging the gap between youth culture, even black culture, and and um, and what you know, and and something as explosive as gaming. So, you know, I really stress, you know, communicating with young people from youth culture. Understand, you know, talking to your kids, talking to people that live and have innate knowledge of of, of any of these spaces. It's not just gaming. It's you know, whatever's going to help you drive your business or whatever you're on. Like, really finding the magic in the middle, like communicating with 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 youth culture is important you know what i mean and 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 that's what i'm trying to teach as far as like you know scaling a business going public stuff like that bringing corporations and 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 corporate culture and meeting youth youth culture um and and honoring it on high just like you would you know when when i bring in talent or i bring in someone to my creative team or whatever i'm not asking really what you know, I'm not as in- interested as their resume as I am in their talent, and I make sure that they sit at the same table as a CFO and a COO, and we honor what they have to say, just like you know the tippy top of any type of corporate structure and who sits at that table. Um, you know, certain companies now have to have many people sitting around that big table figuring out like what we're going to greenlight and stuff like that. You know, um, especially with BLM and what happened with a lot, you know, a lot of brands putting stuff out they shouldn't put out and you got to have somebody sitting at that table going, Hey, what is that? No, you can't do that. Right. Because you need another lens there. And so when it comes to youth culture, usually those two sides don't talk your corporate America. And then you got a bunch of kids that play video games, right? How are you going to export product that is meaningful, scalable and, and create a business around that? And so, uh, it's really about the weight and gold and honoring, you know, the youth and, and making sure you can, you know, teach them, bring them along and also listen. You know, I listen a lot. It's mainly what I do is listen. Appreciate you. Thank brother. you Clap so it up for Kyle. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. My graduates from my school being Forbes, backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs> a mic drop. Backdrop. Backdrop. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. 
you can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.